2: The Chumba
1: Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: He pioneered Jets blogging and podcasting. He brought smiles to the faces of Jets fans all over the world. He was there through the good and bad. And then one day
1: he He vanished. People far and wide wondered, where has he gone? When When will he he return? return?
3: Thankfully, the answer is now. Now. The OG of Jets podcasting and
2: vlogging is back. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in.
3: This is There's Always Next Year. With Brian Bassett.
1: I'm back. The real me. Let's not not make a whole thing of it.
0: And his co hosts, Chef Travis Milton.
1: Today we're going to be making the students my tasty baked ziti with basil and fresh mozzarella.
0: And Josh Conrad.
1: Oh, my brother,
2: testify.
0: On Play Like a Jet Digital.
2: Welcome back to There's Always Next Year on the Play Like a Jet Network. I'm your host, Brian Bassett. You can follow me on Twitter at Brian underscore Bassett. And with me, as always, whether the team is across the pond or on this side of the pond you have in the pond or in the pond or yeah, they drove into the ponds because the GPS system told them to do it. Uh, we Uh have, we have Travis and Josh, you can find Travis Milton on Twitter at dash 37 board 27 and Josh Conrad, uh, at Josh underscore Conrad, uh, gentlemen, the Falcons went all the way to England to play as home and away game as one will get. And they, they didn't show up to the stadium. The fans uh, showed up to the stadium at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Uh, just lost to the Falcons 27 to, z- uh, to zero. I was going to say zero. Uh, 27 to 20. Um, it was not as close as it seemed. Travis, you watched the game. What were your thoughts in terms of how this game played out? And it seemed like a, one of those opportunities that they let get away. What did you think when you watched the game?
0: Um, I mean, I, th- I think partially, yeah, it, it definitely seems like an opportunity to let it get away, you know, with Calvin Ridley out and so many of their defense out on the, uh, on the Falcons. You know, it seemed like a, a good, good opportunity for the Jets to kind of, you know, build a little bit of confidence and come out of a, come out of a game with a, with a win that, you know, similar to the Titans game, a lot of injuries that, you know, the Falcons aren't great, but uh, it's still, don't know that you know as Factored full spring, in, you, you still have to play yeah you still have to play the team yeah. cross you right yeah exactly um so you know i felt like it was it, it was an opportunity missed in that uh in that aspect but you know i they just you know the falcons just out coached the heck out of us um you know they exploited a lot of the weaknesses that no one has really bizarrely not you know uh Kind of shadow away from exploiting like the safety position, you know, they were just destroying us over the middle. Um Kyle Pitts is an amazing athlete. Um you know there was there was a lot of like good uh good coverage on him at points but I mean he's just really freaking good. Um I, I that's one thing that really stood out to me. But uh you know it, it was it was just exploiting a lot of the weaknesses and you know I talked about it last week about how the, the cornerbacks I think were were helping the the defensive line and vice versa and getting pressures and you could see that, you know, because, you know, the corners were getting exposed because of the, the, the midfield coverage that was just non-existent, the defensive line wasn't getting any kind of push. Um, You know, it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't great. The offensive line actually played a a decent game for, you know, the first time I could, I feel like I could walk away and go like, wow, you guys, you guys played solid, you know, run blocking wasn't great, but pass blocking was, was really, really good. Um, But,
2: you know, so you're the saying, thing was- Travis, would you be saying that he, they
0: didn't, they, they might have been wearing pull ups because they didn't, because they did the not bed. shit the beds. They did yeah, not okay. shit the bed first week. Okay. Like, I, I really want to make a little, little trophy that says didn't shit the bed award. And uh, they, <laughs> they get that for the first week ever. Uh, uh, you know, the biggest thing was Zach Wilson just, just, he looked like dog shit. I mean, he, he was, he was screwing up on simple throws. And, and I think that was the most worrisome thing about the game was he was, he was missing open reads and trying too hard to, to, to stretch the field. Um, I think his confidence swung a little too hard on the other end. And, you know, he's trying trying these out routes when he's got stuff open in the middle, he's got check downs open. It was, and, and he's missing, missing the throws on the check downs. Mm. It was, it was, that was the worst thing for me about the game.
2: Yeah.
4: Josh, what was your summation or kind of key themes you saw from this game? Yep. Yep. A lot of what Travis just said, I did not foresee the, the jet secondary, um, mainly the safeties like Trav just said, um, really letting Matt Ryan look like the Matt Ryan of 10 years ago. Um, that was super frustrating for me. Um, and, and I also thought even specifically about Zach Wilson is, uh, I, I was trying to put into words like, man, what, what, like everything felt just off, like just a half a beat off. He'd miss a read. Um, he'd get zeroed in on a target and, you know, a linebacker is reading his eyes or whatever. Um, and it just felt like that rookie thing that you do where you're like, okay, let me mentally think about every step of this process and then execute it perfectly that, you know, a pro or someone that, you know, like the game is coming more naturally to just doesn't have to spend the mental energy. And so in every way, he just looked like a rookie quarterback, like he really did. And I think there is probably a part that, listen, they, they <clears throat> win a dramatic game last week. Um, go on the road. Um, Cal Ridley's not gonna be playing. Russell Gage isn't playing. And so suddenly this game looks very winnable. Um, and he just he just didn't have the sharp maybe preparation or just enough of the reps um, in the plays that they were calling um, to just do it without thinking about it. felt like he was overthinking, felt like he was actually spending the mental energy to get his feet right, to get his shoulders squared up to get his head downfield to read um, all of his progressions like everything just felt like it was taking a quarter second at a time and so everything just looked super slow motion so um, yeah I think frustrating in a lot of ways I was really thankful um, to see some really good grades out of the offensive line I thought ABT played really well um, you know I, I feel like there's there's a lot of good things that are happening and at the same time we have a rookie quarterback, guys, and rookie quarterbacks are rookie quarterbacks for a reason. Um, I think recent years, when you have a mobile quarterback, um, it's easy to disguise some of the shortcomings as a thrower or a passer. Um, because if a play breaks down, you know, a Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, those guys can just take off and run, and that's just not Zach Wilson's game. So you know, it, it is it is certainly um, frustrating to have a pocket passer that has to develop, but. A pocket passer in the NFL has to develop. So a frustrating loss. Felt like it was winnable the first half. If it went even okay, Um, maybe they win that game, sneak out a win on the road. But not a lot to come home feeling great about.
2: Yeah, rookies are going to rookie. That's going to happen. At at the same time, like, I have to ask you, Josh. I think Travis and I both want to know, like, this game happened morning, Sunday morning, East Coast time. Josh, we all know you're a man of the cloth. I this am a Sunday morning game, so we need a straight answer. Were you in your newly designated position this
4: week, aka mowing the lawn, or were you doing something else at the time of this game? I I was at our New Haven location, running around like a madman, having church. Um, we we set up in a mobile a mobile setup, and so we have we have a big theater downtown that we rent from. So all the setup and getting all of our volunteer teams and greeting people and, and leading service. All those pieces were certainly in place. And I will tell you at every moment I could look down to my phone and get a sense of where the game was at. Um, I was doing so. But you, I was, but you were I, not holding did a not,
2: lawnmower with the kill switch I, engaged. Is that what you're I, telling me? Mowing I was. Grass. Is that what you're trying to tell oh, me, Josh?
4: I I should have been more Carl Spackler than uh than fatherly priest <laughs> this week. So I was not groundskeeping, boys. If listen, we're now two right. weeks in. When I mow the lawn, the Jets win. When I do not mow the lawn, the Jets lose. So one and four. There's, yeah.
3: There's this is this data. is the
4: new the new analytics of the NFL. Is did Josh mow a lawn? Yes, the Jets are going to win. No, they are not going to win the game. All right. I mean, I
2: just, this is it. Every Jets fan wants to know what's going on with this team. It has nothing to do with Zach Wilson is nothing to do with an offense coordinator trying to figure it out. This is nothing to do with the defense staying on the field too long and lining up, you know, JFM against Kyle Pitts. Like that's not what this is about. This, everyone can blame Josh Conrad and you can find him and tweet him <laughs> at Josh underscore Conrad and tell him your displeasure with the fact that he is not taking care of his business. All right. We should, you know,
4: whatever, whatever hashtag the team uses for this year, it should just be hashtag mow the lawn. Um, And if we get that trending, then, then we know we're, we know that we're affecting the team in a positive way. So hashtag mow the lawn at Josh Conrad. And I will, I will do what I need to do. I'll get my lawnmower out. All All gas, all gas, no mulch.
2: No mulch, all guys, No mulch. All right. So anyway, so now, now we know. Now we know. We, we will be checking in, fans. We will be, we will be keeping up with this story on a weekly basis <laughs> to make sure that we are getting the kind of uh, outcomes that we need from this team. Uh, directly from Josh. All right. I dropped right. the ball. My bad. <laughs> it's fine. All right. <laughs> I'm gonna posit. I'm gonna posit something to you, to you all. I'm curious what you think about this. We have seen the Jets be outscored in the first half of football, 75. To 13 over the first five games. The last team that basically has scored seven or a few points in each uh of the first half of the first five games were the San Francisco 49ers of 2015. I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure that was a was that a bad team? I feel like that was one of those like like the Falcon Smithy the, games. Yeah, games. yeah. It was yeah. like the, they go through that. It might have been, I don't know if it was post. I'm gonna have to look it up now, but the, the Niners were going through this weird, like, up and down, like, I can't remember if that was the Singletary days or, like, the Harbaugh days, but anyway, like, that's pretty bad. It's pretty bad that, that they're the first team to do that. Um, I think there's a lot of, you know, this is, this scoring issue is certainly uh, the first, and the first half problems are, they're symptom of larger things, and I think there's things that we can talk about, right? So, like, overly jumpy quarterback. Like you, you guys have talked a lot about it, you know, questionable line play, you know, self-inflicted, they're getting in their head. Uh, I guess one of the things that always happens to, I shouldn't say always happens, but regularly happens to the NFL is that the offensive coordinator scripts the, you know, the first 30, whatever, 20, 30, 40 plays of the game um, on offense. And they, they run that through, just depends on the team, depends on the situation. Um, And so I'm curious, do you think that this is kind of a, a, a situation where we have an offensive coordinator who's poorly scripting plays with a quarterback and, and that is, you know, not meshing. And it's not really until the second half where they're kind of off the script and they're just kind of, you know, playing, you know, playing based on what's available, what personnel are out there or whatever. Do you think that has a factor in it? Because like one of my big, beefs with zach wilson coming into the draft and the jets was he's a guy and we've talked about this in previous weeks he's a guy who works well when he's off script i'm not saying he can't throw a timing route. i'm just saying like he seems to be more of an improv improviser than anything else and you know in in that way like I, i guess would it make more sense if the jets just came out and ran like a two-minute offense kind of situation. Just do that from the start of the game Mm. and see what happens because then you're going to be looking at, you know, what's the other team doing? You're calling, you know, two plays in the huddle or like whatever, and then you're just using the play based on what you're seeing. You know, you run an RPO or like whatever it is. Like could they do different things where they are getting out of their own head and they're getting the offensive coordinator off the script? Am I crazy? Josh, what do you think about this?
4: I don't think it's crazy. Um, I don't think it's going to happen, but I don't think you're crazy. I think, (laughs) I think, I think there's part of there's part of every quarterback's um, uh, progression as a professional that requires coaching, Um, you know, as often as he gets compared to Aaron Rodgers, the, the main difference I am seeing so far, even from a young Aaron Rodgers, like I'm not trying to compare them now, the, maybe the tail end of Rodgers' Hall of Fame career, but, you know, even going back to some of those early days in Green Bay, is that there was still a plan. There was still seemingly, um, there, there there was a game flow, there was there was personnel around him, there seemed like there was a competent um, game plan put together, um, that I, I still, I'm seeing so much disjointed play calling and so much, um, I think, not not a universal plan put together, which, again, maybe some of the improvisation that they're letting Zach do um, is a result of that. But waiting till the play breaks down before you let your quarterback do what he's good at is probably not wise. And at the same time, just giving him the keys to the Ferrari without him knowing how to drive a stick shift probably also not wise. So <laughs> I, there has to be some combo, right? There's got to be some grid or canvas that he's told he can play in Um, but I don't know that he's getting that. And I don't know they have the personnel, I still think Beckton being out is hurting them more than maybe we realize. And there's just not a lot Mm -hmm. of continuity on the line still. Um, and so some of the things I think he wants to do, he's not been able to do yet. And so, you know, we can't, we can't go four years though, guys, we can't go four years of Sam Darnolding this and going, man, do we have a guy? Do we not have a guy? Like I think they're going to have to figure some stuff out pretty soon to let him do what he's good at, um, sooner rather than later so that they can decide, how much they're going to start building around him and how soon. Yeah. Travis, what do you think?
2: Do you agree with Josh that it, while, you know, a noble idea,
0: not something that's ever
2: going to happen or what are your thoughts?
0: I mean, it's, it's, it's the blind leading the blind. I mean, it's, it's the same instance for Matt LaFleur as it is for Kyle Wilson. I mean, he's never called plays before, you know, he's, you know, it's, he's learning at the same time as, as, uh, Zach is, um, which, you know, compounds the errors and compounds, you know, it's, it's, you know, if, if he doesn't necessarily know what he's doing and I'm, I'm not saying he doesn't know what he's doing, but although sometimes it seems that way, um, you know how is he going to, to script these plays for for Wilson if he doesn't really know what he or how he needs to be scripting or you know this is his first time around calling plays and you know he's got a rookie quarterback it's his first time dealing with this kind of stuff I, I really think it's it's that kind of thing um, you know I and and I think that does kind of lean into uh, you know I kind of not to not to echo last week's theme, but it's it's almost Ted Lasso we of, you know, mm. get out there and, and call a mm. false nine or, you know, lasso special. Do something that, you know, if if you're if the, the the standard way of doing things isn't working, like start start looking outside of the box. And that applies to to everything on the offense, whether it be, you know, we we and every other Jet fan in the world is have our have, have hearts about, you know, where is Denzel Mims and, you know, you see what he does. You know, in, in the Falcons game and, you know, every time he's touched the ball, it's been a, you know, 40, 50 yard game. Um, you know, it's, it's if, if what's there isn't working, you've got to start looking at other ways to make it work. Um, and I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, so, you know, I don't he does seem to operate really well out of like a no huddle kind of two minute kind of thing. Um, you know, I don't think it's it's a it's a bad, bad option.
3: More than once, actually. Do I have to say?
1: Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Play like a jet. Play like a jet. You mentioned uh, Sam Darnold. I have to say, I saw a funny tweet. I wish I could reference it, who, who said it, but it was great. It was basically like, you know, poor Sam Darnold, like he's in this situation and all these turnovers. And like, if only we he, we can get him to a good offense, like the Buccaneers or mm-hmm. someone. And I was just like, oh my God, that's, <laughs> it's so funny. So th- like, this is a problem that will continue unless you kind of address it from a root root point of view. And I think this You know Sam Darnold as the you know exiled savior. I think we're hopefully past that point. Um, And you know, right, we have to burn the ships in terms of uh, you know Sam Darnold or you know who the Jets could have chosen. Um, It doesn't mean that this is going to be a successful campaign because we've done that. It just means that um, you know we have what we have, right? We have to move forward as you're saying. And so I hope that the Jets can do that. I hope that they can figure this sort of situation out, right? And it, it moves away from a blind-leaving-blind situation. One of the things Robert Solis said is that, you know, he is going to take a hard look at, uh, you know, he and the coaches, you know, need to take a, a hard look at, you know, what they're doing in practice versus what they're doing uh, on the uh, on the field on Sunday, and he you know had a quote. He kind of used an analogy of playing playing golf. He says it's easy to stand at the driving range and hit 300 yard drives. Um, uh, it's can you do it when you're in the tee box and you have water on your left and sand on your right? That's something you know. Um, he had he's talking about he's talking about um, uh, Zach, but then he's also talking about the coaches. That's something he has to work on. Uh, and he and the coaches have to work on. So so the point being that right like. You know, and I don't know how many coaches, how many Jets coaches, have talked about how great they are in practice. Mm. Like, I mean, that is like a time-honored tradition for Jets coaches to talk about and and teammates like to talk about um, how great how great their practices were this week, and then right just fall flat on Sunday. And so, like, Dude, nobody wants to hear. No, we we not we're not talking about practice,
4: right? Like, nobody wants to hear. We're not about talking about that. practice. Want see, that's right, John. Not a so game. to see it. I I I don't. D- I mean, do coaches know that? Do coaches know that we as fans do not want to hear how great practice was after we lose to the Falcons in London? Like, we do <laughs> no, I don't, I don't care how good practice was. Like, go back and watch every every single um Adam Gase press conference, you know, over the last three years. And he led with it every single week. Yeah, you know what a really great week in practice. Uh, didn't come together today we're gonna gonna try harder like we we just don't care like we don't care how good practice was we don't yeah stop saying yeah we don't care
2: yeah it's got to show up the results have to show up on sunday and so yeah i i think they'll have a break here which is good right they get the early buy um that'll afford them some time to think and figure things out get some things ready for for their post-buy game um uh, you know, while the while the team's away, uh, the the coaches will obviously still be at work. Uh, you know, unlike the Jacksonville Jaguars and Urban Meyer, of course, uh, who you know he he's looking at any any Zing. chance he can to cut cut out on a weekend early. Clearly, uh, but but you know, I mean, so that that's let's just say that like we could have Urban Meyer as our head coach, right? Like that could be a situation uh, that eventuated, and thank God it didn't. But um, but you know, at, at least we have, I think, a coach who. Is dedicated and will work to get things right. Um, and, and right, he's kind of on record as saying like, that's what I'm gonna be working on over the next two weeks. Um, all right, so there's no game coming up, uh, but I do wanna hit a couple bit, bits of news and then we'll go through our grades from, from the last week. Um, these things have happened for a while now. So listeners, this is very stale, but I thought it would be interesting to just talk quickly about them. Uh, the first is the, is the Marcus May situation. So obviously Marcus May is injured. Uh, last week, it comes out that he had a couple of, um, you know, situations with police where he was arrested for a DWI. And then while that charge is pending, he got picked up on a lesser charge, which was, uh, which was knocked down for, I think, driving with a suspended license or something like that. Um, there was talk from his agent about how, um, Uh, from his agent about how, you know, he'll be healthy for, for the trade deadline, obviously, you know, implying that he's someone the Jets might move. So Josh, what, what do you think about the Marcus May situation and how do you feel like the Jets should play this over the next couple of months? Yeah.
4: Yeah. I think, I think, I think they're not going to get in on the trade market, what they're going to want for him unless the Vikings call and want to offer us a second round pick and then not play Marcus, Marcus May at all. Uh, Chris Herndon, by the way, on the year, still zero targets, zero Mm. catches, and that's a fourth round pick. So maybe there's value, maybe there's value for a guy like Marcus May. Here's what concerns me most about the Marcus May situation. Um, when, when, when the the officers had pulled him over, he said he hadn't been drinking the smell in the car was from two days before. Um, and then he didn't take a sobriety test. It's those things that I go, man, like you're Uh, you're an NFL athlete. There's not puking your car for two days. There just isn't, um, like, You've been drinking. It's those comments that I think for a guy like Robert Sala, um, or for the Jets organization, it's things like that that, like, I don't actually think it's the offense. I think it's the potential cover-up or the lying or just whatever makes you a little bit untrustworthy. That concerns an NFL franchise probably more than the actual event itself. So um, I'm 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 not sure they're going to get more than yeah a late pick for a guy like Marcus May. It's not like he's proven you you know he's not at a level um of all pro selections like like jamal adams was before the seahawks trade like he's he's still kind of a guy that you're like he's pretty good um but he's also i think 27 28 years old so it's not like he's also super young um so i think in a situation like this you hold on to what you got um obviously they're going to be continuing to draft um, for every position. I'm sure if they find a safety that they really like in the draft, they're going to, they're going to go snag him, but um, super concerning, frustrating for sure. Um, I'd be shocked if they're not shopping him and I would still be shocked though, if they moved on from him. Um, and again, like if you puke in your car for two days, my, my I've got toddler boys. <laughs> if they throw a chicken nugget on the floor, like, bro, I'm getting it out of there because <laughs> it's going to smell in like an hour, two days of puke in my car. Like burn the card down yeah. and get a new one so right um yeah not not very flattered by how he handled it not sure they're going to get much value for him hope he gets well and i hope he can continue to be a uh, productive player on this team yeah um currently you know he is
2: the jets have him on the the franchise tag he's making 10 million um you know his over the cap which is a great site if you don't Uh, you know, read that site if you're interested in the cap at all. And, you know, just the the Jets fan to boot. So he, uh, he always loves to write articles when a, when a Jets contract is signed you know, that his OTC valuation is 2.5 million for, for this season. Mm -hmm. So like to go out and sign a 28 year old safety, you know, one of the, let's say lesser valued or lesser least valuable positions in the sport um, is is foolish, especially when the Jets have shown, you know, their ability to hit on defensive backs, you know, late in the draft and kind of, you know, turn them, turn, you know uh, you know, safeties and linebackers uh, you know, get, get a lot out of, you know, let's say lesser rated guys. It seems like that would be a waste of uh, you know, going out and using a first round pick on that kind of player or a lot of, you know, cap room on that sort of player. If they can, find the kind of players that they need to fill out their back end. Um, And right. So, you know, to your point, if you let him walk, the Jets would get some sort of compensatory pick. It's going to be weird because of his, you know, potential looming suspension for however many games based on disciplinary stuff, but you figure that he would get, he would be worth something that the Jets would get a compensatory draft pick in 2023. So, you know, he might not net a third, but a, a fourth or a fifth, so then you know, you play the game of, okay, so you know, the, the way it works in the NFL is if you want to trade somebody for their second round pick in the upcoming draft, then you pay whatever the, the prior round would be for the next year. So if I, want, right. if I want Josh's second round pick, I would give him my first round for the following year. So, so then if you just walk through, let's say, a fourth or fifth round pick Um, you know, forward into the 2022 uh, draft class, you know, that means like basically a third or fourth. So, right. So if you want to realize that value more quickly, then, you know, the Jets should be okay with taking a third, probably a fourth for someone like May. Um, And then if they don't want that to happen, then they just let May walk and then they get whatever they get in 2023 based on the compensatory calculations. And so, right. I I would be very happy for them to get a compensatory pick. Uh, The jets have not been good in that regard, but that's something that Joe Douglas, you know, he's, he's a guy who came out of systems where they understand that compensatory model well. And so my hope is that he would use this as an opportunity to gain some compensatory picks um, and start building that kind of, you know, a spinning wheel of, of value over time so so yeah i i mean i like may i think he's great but right is he worth bringing back i think you're exactly right josh
0: um i think the biggest thing about that that's just screwy is uh, you know how do you not get out in front of that apparently he tried to like not report it to anybody um yeah. i don't know if you you mentioned that but like that's the most fucked up no, part about it for me it's like do you really think the NFL and the New York Jets are not going to find out about this.
2: Right. I mean it's they true. have a pretty extensive they have a pretty extensive security <laughs> team and like you know one of the things that you know I don't think enough people talk about this but you know I mean I've been able to be around the draft and different events and you know talk to security teams and like most teams have contracts with security staff where they basically just say listen and I mean now you've got Uber like there's so many ways in which you can, you know, avoid this stuff. Um, but effectively, like the, the team's policies are effectively, if you're ever in a situation where you don't think you should be driving, like we don't care, we'd rather you just call us and we'll, get, get it taken care of, get you a, you know, a town car or whatever um, and get that situation like taken care of rather than have to deal with the repercussions of this, right. It's worth more to us. It's annoying and it's, but it's worth more to us in the long run to get you what you need. And I understand these are young people and they're having fun and uh, you know, all that sort of thing. But, but at the same time, there is this, this sense of like, it's not like they didn't have, these players don't have options. And so it's just, it's sad when they don't take advantage of them and like the team is very earnest in trying to put these things in in place for them. So, right. So, so yeah, there's going to be blowback eventually. And you're right. It's not something you can hide. So just get out ahead of it, as you say. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, Hey, Travis, we need to talk something that you literally low key predicted like a week or two ago, which is the Myers got a new contract from the New York jets. So the Boom. terms of the deal were that I think it was about, it was $55 million deal over four years. Um, uh, the, the terms of the deal are such that basically he will, you know, if, if he stays with the team, he'll be with the, the team through 2025. Um, when you look at the, uh, you know, the, the really the only year that the jets are in a, like a dead money or situation where they can't really cut him depending on their cap situation Uh, is 2022, which is next year. So no problem. And then after that point, 23, 24, 25, it's a team friendly deal. This is a guy who's currently 25 years of age. So by the time his contract ends, he will just be roughly about 30. Um, You know, this is a player that really no one saw coming, you know, coming from Stephen F. Austin, uh, you know, coming to the Jets in 2018. Oh, sorry, with the Rams. And then, and then they, they signed him after that. Right. So, um, so, I mean, I don't know when you think about JFM and you think about this contract you get like what, and even if he couldn't keep up with Kyle Pitts, what do you think about this contract and, and
0: the fact that you called it? I I'm, I'm in love with it. Like, I mean, that's what I, I absolutely, you know, I've uh, said almost verbatim, I'm afraid, <laughs> you know, we're going to, we're going to put this off till free agency and we're going to lose into, to, you know, somebody throwing insane amounts of money to him and, uh, from what I've read on Twitter from some people, you know, he uh, he really loves playing for Robert Sala. He really loves the Jets. Mm-hmm. He loves the fact that they put stock in him. And, uh, you know, I think he I think that he gave him a little bit of a home team discount on that for them. Uh, again, getting out ahead of it um, and saying, hey, we don't want you to get to that point. We we want you here. And uh, I, I love I love it. Um, I really hope they do the same with with Quincy Williams. I don't know. I don't know mm-hmm. when he hits. Uh, uh free agency but man like I love watching that dude hit I I know we talked about it last week but god I mean that guy is just freaking awesome um so I I I can't say enough about like the the potential in the future of the the defense I think it looks amazing and I I'm just head over heels about the fact that we're gonna have him locked down uh for long term because his Mm -hmm. potential is through the roof
2: Quincy Williams uh, has a contract with the Jets through 2022 uh, and he's basically at like, you know, uh, not exactly minimum, but close to minimum levels. Um, So he is someone who they can keep on their cap. If he continues to play the way he plays, I would assume they will you know, maybe try and open negotiations with him in the on season or more likely like they want to see it, you know, through next year. And then, you know, during the season, they would might do something like they did this year with JFM. With JFM, Fulkenzy. yep, Yeah. Next year. Um, Josh, uh, I'm looking at JFM on over the cap. They have this awesome thing that they call their like valuation. And so mm-hmm. it's basically like, Hey, how is this person playing? How are they performing? And then like, what would that actually be worth if you were paying them like, you know, what their stats effectively or their, you know, PFF grades or however, however they calculate it, um, you mm-hmm. know, what they would be worth. Uh, do you think his valuation is he, so he's currently making $900,000 this year. Do you think his actual valuation based on the way he's performing is above or below $13 million Ooh. according to oh, OTC's man.
4: calculation? According to OTC's calculation, I'm going to say he's playing over 13 million. Correct. That's correct. 14.7 million. Yeah. He's killing
2: it this year. And so, so right. This is a person that you, to your point, Travis, you have to get ahead of based on the fact that he's having an amazing year and a contract year. And if this is a person you want to keep on this team and want to make a, you know, a, a cornerstone piece of this defense over the next many years, um, you know, so and this and right. This is a guy who's drafted in the fourth round. This is the, you know, the, he is happy to get this, this money. And so uh, happy to play for a good team. So yeah, we're, I think this is going to work out well and right. They can restructure if, you know, if his play lags, you know, three years from now or whatever, they're, they're in a good situation. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited about that. I, I'm really excited to see them get the sort of pieces that they need in place um, and, and lock things down as they, uh, as they you know, are obviously looking towards 2020 in some form or fashion. All right. Uh, before we get out of here, we need to talk about our grading system. All right. So this week, I want you two to give me overall Golden Girls grades for the Jets. So this is offense, defense, coaching, special teams, everything. I need your grades. Travis, can I start with you? Can you give me your golden girls grade of the week? You can,
0: but it's actually, okay. So I stretched it out a little last week and I, I've I God, um, it's the only grade I can give after this game is a grade that I wanted to give earlier. But again, I'm you know, sticking within the confines of the golden girls and this may not count, but I'm going to throw it out there. I'm giving, and, and since we're, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to say, uh, I should get a pass because it's my birthday week and Happy I'm going birthday. off script. Thank yeah. you. Um, the, the Jets aren't going to lose on my cake. birthday. My, my, uh, my I'm birthday gonna send is Sunday. You a cake. I'm going to send you a cake that you can talk to for your birthday. I thought you were going to send me one that's just like, it looks like a bed with shit on it. <laughs> we can do
2: that too. We can do that too. Or send you some poems. I really feel like if we ever do days. have to make,
0: make T-shirts for the show, uh, one of them has to be something about shitting the bed. Um, yes. But yes. OK, so it, on, on that note, um, one of my favorite quotes of all time, one of my favorite scenes of all time is actually from Ghostbusters 2. And it's Peter McNichols character, Yanash Poha as he is walking <laughs> through <laughs> the art museum and he looks over at someone that's restoring a painting. And all he has to say is everything you're doing is bad i just want you to know
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Everything they get the, the uh the yanosh poha of the week it, it's again it's not golden girls but uh i feel mm-hmm. like it's october it's spooky new ghostbusters movies coming out um
2: you that's fair that's fair i'll take it
0: and and i
2: think that there's a kicker here which is like bobby brown you know was the uh you know he did the um you know, the main song for that and that's kind yep. of your like new jack you know that's your new jack jam so like, oh yeah he was produced that, by Teddy
0: Riley so yeah right
2: exactly the exactly. creator so, of like,
0: new jack's playing
2: that's right so so I feel like yeah that's fair that's fair so all right Josh do you have a grade
4: for us mm. boys in the in the golden girls universe uh the golden verse as I like to call it uh there there's one main character who uh this might be a hot take but i i never really fully enjoyed really anything dorothy ever did uh i think there are moments where she's she's kind of she's kind of the the captain of the ship and keeping things moving forward um and at the end of the day i always was much more uh i, I laugh harder or have bigger reactions to the remaining cast much more than I did for Dorothy. Um, very sullen, um, the, the, uh, the the permafrown as she would often have on the show. And I I know that's the character. This is nothing against the Queen Bee Arthur herself. But the character as Dorothy is really how I both saw the Jets play this week and how I felt watching the Jets play this week. They were frowning. I was frowning. Everybody was frowning. There's going to be a one-liner that's going to be pretty biting. I don't really have much good to say about anybody that's around me. Um, and so we're all just going to be grumpy together. Uh, that's how I felt as I was running around, not mowing my lawn on Sunday, um, but leaving a church and looking down at my phone and seeing that we were down 17 nothing that we were making a mild comeback, but that the defense had finally broken at the end, giving up the late score, and there was nothing good that was going to come from the game. So uh, my, my, my grade this week is a solid Dorothy plus uh, for mm. the Jets. the Jets on Sunday in London. All right, you'd be proud of me, Josh. I was officiating a
0: wedding right after the game. Ooh, good <laughs> for you.
2: Were you mowing the grass
0: while you were officiating? Because no, no, no. I don't. I don't think mowing the grass. Me mowing the grass has any applicable thing.
2: <laughs> okay. No, right. no well, I think you, that's only Josh. We, okay. The analytics <laughs> only
4: work when I do it. Okay. This is All clear. Right. All right. All right. Yeah, this I've looked clear. at the analytics.
2: I need to hear about this wedding. Why, number one, why would somebody let you officiate a wedding? That's what I, I have to
0: know. <laughs> oh. um, I don't know. This is my sixth one. Um, Whoa! Yeah. Um, That's a lot. And, and to be honest, there seems to be a recurring theme. It seems to be people that uh, made a pact at a bar, and I happen to be present when the pact was made because I'm ever-present at a bar. <laughs> Uh, so actually I think five out of six that's been the case. Um, it's you been oh my god, Travis like, was hey, there w- when we made this pact of like if we're not married by 30, there. we're gonna get married. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um that was that was pretty much the long and short of it. I was there. Um yeah. Were you wearing were you wearing Jordans? Yes, he uh, was. I actually broke out my uh, air Dior's for the wedding. There uh, he is. Woo! <laughs> Oh my! Yeah, I see. had uh, I had on a uh, a purple and gray paisley uh, tuxedo with my uh, with my gray uh, uh, Air Dior's gray Dior's very nice. Yep. Oh my! Oh my! All right. Yep, yep. So I, I went full
2: board. That's impressive. Very impressive. All right. Time for my grade. I'm going to give. You guys are getting weird with it. You guys have gotten weird with it. It's my turn to get weird with it. I'm going to get weird with it. Here's Let's what I'm get saying. Weird. I give the Jets at jeff porcaro what what what, what you say brian you're giving, you're giving you're oh, giving no no of, uh, of, of toto of toto <laughs> correct i am giving i'm giving whoa one. jeff porcaro because travis who do you think played the drums on um, thank you for being a friend for cynthia fee no
0: way oh it was it was my my third favorite drummer of all time the creator yeah, jeff- of the porcaro shuffle Jeff Porcaro,
2: <laughs> Jeff Porcaro wow. uh, of fame, played with Steely Dan, played with Toto, played with hey, everybody. You know Dye, where he was Dye born.
0: G-Yung.
4: He yeah, also I'm looking played- this up right now. Born in the great city of Hartford, Connecticut, right wow. up the road from me. Yep. Wow. And he
0: also played. Uh, he also played on virtually all of Michael Jackson's Thriller album. Right.
2: Oh man, and and he had a serious theme uh, in uh, in the yacht rock videos. So. Uh, and oh, his 100%. name is Porcaro. And his name is guess, Porcaro. Porcaro. I mean, which is yes, Guess, That's guess just amazing.
4: W- which 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 rock legend dedicated a song to him and said that Porcaro was the best drummer he ever worked with, ever. Guess who it was? Neil. Like Porcaro. That's right. I know you're thinking it. It's Richard Marx. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
2: Okay.
3: Please there, tell me so- that
4: he played drums on "Hold On to the Night." Yes. Oh. Uh, <laughs> he died while spraying insecticide in his yard. What? Oh, is, like? Yep. What a deep dive we well, need to do on this man. My goodness. Says he might have
2: died because he was maybe he was sniffing cocaine before he was. Yeah. Well, yeah. putting insect insecticide in the yard. Cause. Okay, that 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 that, oh, that, didn't that that didn't help. That didn't hurt. Excuse uh, me, didn't help. All right. Anyway, so yeah. Way, on, how do we get there? <laughs> burned, burned bright. Went to the sun. Uh, you know, <laughs> gone too fast. Like, I, I'm worried about this team. I'm worried about this quarterback. I'm worried about this uh, offensive coordinator. We've seen some blinding wonderful moments but you know is this candle going to get snuffed out uh, too soon i don't know so that's that's why i'm going with the drummer of thank you for being a friend um, amazing and studio musician jeff McCar. Um,
0: so what right, you're saying well, is the jets you... are going to take some time to do the things they never have mm, it's going to take a <laughs> lot say. to drag you away from youtube <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh all right
2: fellas fellas all right we got to go from here um travis Thank you for being a friend, Josh. Thank you for being a friend. Um, I hope we'll be back next week. We'll have to figure out something to talk about. Maybe we can bring on a guest and just goof around for uh, for an episode. Ooh, that sounds fun.
0: If if but... my Dodgers if my Dodgers don't win, I'm going to be a very very not happy person. <laughs> okay, all right, go
2: Doyers and go uh, go run away um, uh, fraud embezzlers who are you know supposedly showing up at the Dodgers game. Um, uh, <laughs> two Ron years ago, yeah, <laughs> because the FBI ran <laughs> ran all their games through a, a facial recognition software and thought they saw somebody that it wasn't anyway. So, guys, thank you for being friends. Thanks to Scott from the Play like a Jet Network at, for being a friend. If you were a friend, you would rate and review. Also, go check out. I know they're, they're uh, posting some merch, so check out that stuff. There's a great shirt. Uh, what does it say? Bless you. Thank you. That was looked amazing. Uh, I've got to get myself one of those shirts. So, thank you. We'll see you next week. Bye bye. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
0: A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh?
1: Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino.